This is Adventure Nannies On Air. I'm Shenandoah. And I'm Brandy. Our company is Adventure Nannies, and we talk about nannying, traveling, professional development, and also whatever we want. We'll try to keep our potty mouths to a minimum, but this podcast is not suitable for kids. You can find out more about us at adventurenannies.com. Welcome back to Adventure Nannies on Air, everyone. Shenandoah over here, quarantined in Tacoma, Washington. Brandy here, quarantined in Denver, Colorado. Brandy, how's your quarantine going? So far, so good. I mean, always the emotional roller coaster of depression and motivation, but <laughs> it's good. I mean, today I feel pretty motivated. That's good. How's it going for you? Well, I just got a Peloton that I was waiting for for about five oh, weeks, and so... I'm so excited for you. Now all I do is ride my bike and my whole body hurts, and I like smell bad, and it feels great. I love it. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> Not happy as fun as like going outside, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. We have a super special guest joining us today. We've got Rachel Lubin on the line. Woohoo! Hi, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Rachel, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Like who you are, why you're on a nannying podcast, what what your life's all about? Sure, that's, that's a big existential question, I guess. <laughs> uh, but hi, my name is Rachel Lubin. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a nanny in Houston, Texas. I've been a nanny for about eight years now. Uh, I've lived and worked all over the United States and Canada for lots of different families. And I serve on the board of directors for the International Nanny Association. Uh, and recently, uh, I was a part of the team that, that started Nanny Relief Fund, which I think is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are so happy to have you here for that. Yeah, thank you again. Yeah. So Rachel, you and I didn't know each other super well before we accidentally started a nonprofit together with a few other <laughs> wonderful people <laughs> a few weeks ago. But I would, I know that the whole idea for the fund kind of came about from something that you started doing on your own. Um, and I would love for you to just tell us, you know, as long of a version of that story as you would like to. And we'll pepper in sure. questions as they come up because Brandy hasn't heard it yet. Oh, okay. Well, great. Um, so in the middle of March, which was sort of when all of the coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff was really, really intensifying. Uh, I started seeing some friends on social media being laid off and furloughed, not not in the nanny industry, just in general, just uh, in other industries. And I uh, got, got really sad about it. And I kind of didn't know what to do. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not a doctor or nurse. I can't fix this. I'm not a scientist. Um, I couldn't, I don't have sewing skills. I wasn't going to go and, you know, and make masks. Mm -hmm. So I just felt a little bit helpless. And uh, I, I started watching one of my favorite movies, which is Rent. And uh, there's this awesome scene in Rent where this person, like, happens to make a bunch of money in one day. And then the person that she's seeing, like, needs money for rent and she was like oh well just take this money like it just it was just money that i happened to make i don't really need it and i thought that's 
kind of beautiful and, and I'm in the space where I can do that too. Like I can go to work one day and work for uh, my friends who aren't able to work and then work the rest of the week for me. Uh, so, oh, that's, so cool. that's what I decided. To, yeah. Well, it was it was the only thing I could think of to do. And it's funny that it started from a movie. Um, but so I posted on a so on a social media platform, you know, hey, who needs who needs help? Who needs financial help right now today? Because it's an emergency because they've been laid off for a week or two or a month. And I had some people reach out and I just sort of gave money away. And it just felt like I was doing something rather than nothing. Um, yeah. And so the following week, nannies always sort of feel the feel economic reper- repercussions a little bit later because first something happen- has to happen to their employer and then something happens to them. So it was about a week later that it really um, started hitting the nanny community and we started getting, I started seeing layoffs within nannies and furloughs and um, it became a bit of a desperate situation because so many nannies do work for, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so one missed paycheck or even a few days missing of work like that affects a lot of nannies pretty seriously. So I decided that I would do this Monday peer to peer giving just for the nanny community. And so I moved this post to a, a big nanny Facebook group and a lot of people reached out with a lot of need. And I realized there's no way my my meager Monday paycheck could could help everyone. But luckily, other people reached out and said, hey, I also can help give and and how can I help you? And that was really inspiring. And then that same day, that night, after a lot of this kind of happened on Facebook, a nanny agency owner named Austin McFarland, she runs My, My Girl Friday out of North Carolina. She reached out and said, hey, can I, how can I help you? You know, how can I be a part of this? And I said, oh, I just, I ran out of money earlier. So like, there's another nanny that needs some help, like $50 would do it. And she was like, yeah, we can do that. But that is not what I meant. She said, I want this to be a real permanent thing, not just something you're doing on your own. There's way too much need for one person to do it on their own. I think we should work together and create something that is more sustainable. And so that is sort of how Nanny Relief Fund got started. That's incredible. The long version. And what types of, I mean, how, how did you guys go from here? I know Shenandoah got involved. How did you, how did this happen so fast? It takes most people years to start a nonprofit. Now we know sure. why. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Uh, Austin is a machine. She calls herself a machine and she truly is within 72 hours of her and I speaking originally on the phone. Uh, she had reached out to Shenandoah and to Sue Downey of Nanny Palooza and to Laura Chandra of Boston Nanny Center. And she had sort of recruited all these people uh, that I knew of and, and respected and, and admired, but didn't have the kind of relationship to say, hey, I need you on this project that's going to take up so much of your time. <laughs> of course, you'll join me, right? Um, I think uh, Austin has a way of of putting things that just encourage other everyone to get involved. Uh, so she is was the driving force behind getting a full board set up. Yeah, it's incredible and super impressive when I read who's on the board too. That's that's so great. What what's been like the most common need for nannies that you've seen? Are they asking for like what are most people asking for? Um, the kind of overwhelming 
thing we've been hearing is we've started to have these conversations and, you know, have been bringing in more nannies from the community. And it's something that came up during the International Nanny Training Day event that we hosted a couple weekends ago is that nannies, I mean, I think people in general have a hard time with this. And like women have a generally harder time asking for help, Mm -hmm. but it is incredibly difficult in this community with nannies you know when someone's entire role is supporting and helping someone else's family yeah the idea of asking for help in the context of your job is like really challenging and a tough conversation to have and even in the first weekend that we launched when we were seeing donations come in you know there are a few nannies who like really stepped up to the plate and donated a lot and there are some agencies that that gave huge gifts, but I'm like, really don't like crying and try to avoid it at all costs. Um, but there were so many nannies who donated, you know, $25 or $10 or $5 and left a little note of like, yeah, you know, I lost my job too. And I don't know what I'm going to do to make money, but like, I know that there are people out there who have it a lot worse than I do. Mm -hmm. And I want to, and I want to support them. Um, and I think that because the nanny community is so underrepresented in a lot of ways, you know, like we, we don't have lobbyists, we don't have organizers, you know, there are only eight states that have a domestic workers bill of rights. It's just, it's an underrepresented and underprotected group of people that that has over a million people in it, in this country. And I think that like, unfortunately, a lot of those people have just gotten used to like, yeah, there's no one to help me. There are not resources, there's not aid, there's nowhere that I can really go to in this situation. Like, I'm just going to have to figure it out myself. Like, because I'm afraid or ashamed to ask for help, and also because there's no help to even ask for. That's amazing. People have been stepping up and donating even when they don't have jobs. Yeah, that was kind of my question, though. How do people reach out to you with their needs? Because I know that's a really hard thing for a caregiver to do, as you mentioned. How, how do you find people who need help is the, is the question. Sure. So we at Nanny Relief Fund have a website, uh, nannyreliefund.org, and people can apply for relief on that website. Our, our application is not currently live as of this taping, but it will be soon. Uh, right now we're just trying to cross all the T's and dot all the I's and make sure it's uh, a good application that, that is useful for us, but also easy to fill out for people who who need help. Uh, we're also yeah. making sure that we have our lawyers look over it and making sure that um, everything that we do is is in line with this organization lasting. Um, so being in line with all of the 501c3 rules and everything like that. That's amazing, yeah. When Shenandoah brought me, like told me about what she was doing and working on this project, it reminded me of one they have for musicians called music hairs that you can reach out to if you're a musician and they help you with basically anything after I know they're helping a lot of people during this time because no one's making any money Mm -hmm. but they help you with medical needs or housing needs and things like that so the idea from what I understand sounded a little bit similar is that correct because I know you guys are planning on keeping this going for a long time after the pandemic is over so right now um what what we're doing is is our, our tagline is to provide tangible help to nannies in need. So um, it 
right now it's mostly just collecting money and then giving it away. That's really the whole point of Nanny Relief Fund and this nonprofit um, is to collect money from where we can get it and to give it away um, in, in, in real money, basically cash or um, you know bank deposits. So people can utilize that money right away in whatever way they need, whether it is for housing or transportation or back bills, medical bills, like any anything that they need. Um, obviously, we're hoping that it's it's utilized in all of the right and appropriate ways. But we trust the people who are applying for need, who are who are going through this process to apply for need, really need it. Um, and and we, we know that they do like we've seen the need. We've seen how many people have come come out seemingly of nowhere to to already tell us that they need this this funding it's really it's almost upsetting how fast nannies needed help how very few missed paychecks it took for nannies to be like i'm i'm out of cash it's it's an industry-wide problem really how heartbreaking Mm -hmm. yeah I was talking yesterday to a reporter a writer from the new yorker who's been interviewing a lot of nannies particularly in New York, to understand how deeply this is impacting them. And, you know, we shared some stories, and Rachel, I'd love to hear some of the stories that you have heard and read from the folks who reached out to you when you were so generously donating your paycheck. Um, But the reporter mentioned that, you know, the kind of most heartbreaking thing about the stories that she has been hearing you know, aren't necessarily the financial need or the distress or, you know, not being able to collect unemployment, but it's that for so many of these nannies, like their employers were their family, mm-hmm. you know, or their employers, you know, would say like, you're part of the family. You're such an important part of the family. Like you've become a member of our family. You'll always be in our lives. And then all of a sudden this happened and that family was like, we're going to go to our house in the Hamptons until this shit is over. Like, bye. <laughs> Sorry um, to feel taken advantage of or like abandoned by your employers and just like on a really personal level have that you know like have that sense of abandonment almost you know and it's not it's not the family's fault in these cases but like the the like emotional side of it is so painful mm-hmm. also on top of the financial impact Right. I think one of the really common stories was um, that nannies are generally viewed as commodities by a lot of employers. And so in addition to the the story that Shenandoah had shared about, you know, people just sort of moving to their more country location um, and not inviting their nanny along was sometimes the opposite. Like nannies were, were forced to either make the decision to abandon their homes and their lives and potentially their families or responsibilities to roommates and they were they were given the ultimatum that you either move in with us and ride this out with us however long that may be or you you're fired and and you know we we don't need your services anymore Mm -hmm. and to me that's in some ways like worse because like what a difficult decision to have to make for yourself and also if someone's asking you to make that decision like it sort of changes your views on on them as employers and and i think there's definitely people who are like hey if you want to do this then we'd welcome you in our home and that's that's different it's kind of beautiful to have that option um to keep yourself safe but when it's a true ultimatum 
of you know lose your livelihood in the worst financial crisis you know the world's mm-hmm. probably ever going to see like that's a very different story and um so but and it's common like i read that so many times you have to move in oh. or you're done wow so what do you think the timeline is then for being able to release these funds and also congratulations on raising i know you guys had such a huge hugely successful first day yeah thanks yeah the first weekend was incredibly inspiring because like shenandoah had said people gave who are working nannies ncs's other household staff um but people the people that sometimes made us more emotional were like our personal friends Mm. and family um people who we had worked for in the past previous colleagues and when you see their names come in you're just kind of like that means something to me that you gave, you know, some of your precious dollars at this time that is so difficult for everyone to support this little idea that we had that we've worked so hard on for the past month. Shenandoah, do you want to talk about maybe when the application will be open? Yeah. So right now, the two things that we are trying to figure out so that we can open the application is having our lawyers totally vet the application process. The fund is really designed for all nannies in mind. And so we're trying to make an application process that is accessible and is in the process of getting translated to as many languages as we have volunteer translators to do it in, you know, and to make sure that none of the questions we're asking would be intimidating or problematic for someone who has not been getting paid legally or who is an undocumented Mm -hmm. worker to feel comfortable and safe applying for these funds. So we expect to open the application within the next week or two, and then shortly after that, be able to release the funds. Unfortunately, it will probably be pretty quickly after we open the application that we release the funds that we have and then won't have any money (laughs) anymore. The good news is that after our first week of funding, we had raised just around $70,000 just from the nanny community. That's incredible. Which we were all really excited about. On the flip side of that, in the same week, we had over 1,100 nannies fill out a form on our website to be notified of when the fund opens. And so, you know, we were so excited and like in tears and so grateful and proud of the nanny community for, you know, for stepping up and providing this first round of funding. And then Five minutes after that, we realized that we had raised enough money to, like, buy every nanny who asked for relief, like, a Mountain Dew and a hot dog and be like, sorry, this is what happens when we split it up, you know? And so we are going to be giving out a flat rate for this first disbursement of $500. That was kind of the happy medium number that we settled on after surveying a couple hundred people who had applied and, like, what is trying to balance what's enough money to actually help you right now versus how can we help the most people possible. Yeah. But, you know, looking at there, there are 1.1 million people working as nannies or who were working as nannies before this um, in the United States. And right now the unemployment rate is at 20%. My guess is that it's almost double that for nannies because, as Rachel was saying, most families who don't have jobs also to can't afford nannies and so you know when when a parent loses a job often the kind of first big decision that happens is unfortunately needing to let the Mm -hmm. nanny go so the and this is like some kind of sad math but I've been thinking about it a lot and you know that I'm a nerd so I'm happy to (laughs) 
just walk you through my boring and possibly inaccurate <laughs> math problem. If there are 1.1 million nannies in the country and the unemployment rate is 20%, even if we pretend that nannies are actually <laughs> only 20% unemployed, that's still 220,000 people. So that's a lot of unemployed nannies. When you add to that fact a number that we received from HomePay, which is the payroll company through Care.com, 95% of nannies who were working were not paid on the books. Mm -hmm. They were being paid in cash. We're then, you know, looking at still over 200,000 nannies who right now are unemployed and because they weren't getting paid legally, can't collect unemployment, probably are not getting stimulus checks, probably have not been filing taxes have no way to receive any of this government aid that is going out whatsoever. And then also, unfortunately, in a lot of cases that we've been hearing about, the nannies who have been getting paid in cash, they don't have like a verifiable employment history since they don't have a payment history from their employers. A lot of them didn't have written employment agreements with their employers. And so even if in their agreement, it said, you know, you'll get four weeks severance if you ever get fired. A lot of families haven't been paying that out right now or haven't been able to pay it out because they're concerned about their own families and their own finances. <sighs> and so, you know, everyone in the country and every sector is going through these different economic depressions and fears and worries. But, you know, for these 200,000 plus nannies who are all now unemployed and can collect no benefits whatsoever that everyone else is collecting like they it's a dire situation mm -hmm. yeah that's this is an awful situation Ugh. Ugh. so if I'm a nanny and I just pretend I'm a nanny and I lost my job what's the threshold can you give us some more background like, what kind of nanny yeah, are you? Yeah, so I'm working for a family. We got three kids. Boys, girls. <laughs> Not making very much Not money. Sure yet. I got like okay. $18 an hour. Do they let you eat food? Is it an open kitchen policy or do you have to bring your oh own lunch Oh my in? gosh. Not, not an open kitchen policy. I hate it. I'm about to quit. <laughs> no, um, I just, I feel like if I am listening to this podcast as a nanny, just projecting my own personality onto the situation... <laughs> I would feel really unsure when it was okay to ask for help from you guys. I would be really hesitant, as you mentioned, most people are. Like, what's, what's your advice for someone if they're listening to this? They've lost their job. Maybe, maybe you have all these variables like, oh, I'm living with my partner and they pay half the rent so we're not struggling as much as me potentially being completely homeless or... Like, what's your sure. what's your advice to people listening? When can when can they reach out? Yeah, when can I reach out and get my five hundred bucks from you guys? <laughs> uh, our mostly volunteer application committee is probably not gonna love me for saying this, but I think that if you think you need help, then when our application is live, to fill out the application, um, mm -hmm. because I think so many people are gonna think, oh, there's someone out there that's in worse shape than me, but you really you don't. You sort of don't know your own financial situation as well as you think compared to other people because you just don't know what other people are going through and maybe everyone else is kind of thinking the same thing oh it's so worse for someone else but um you know if you have a bill that's overdue 
if June rent is going to come and you're three months behind, or even if you can't just make June rent, um, you know, if you haven't been able to put gas in your car or you're really, really struggling to find money for groceries, um, anything like that, like, please feel free to fill out our application. We want to hear from you and we want to understand the greater need. And even if everyone who applies cannot get help, the information that we're going to get um, about how much need there is, is going to help us go to potentially other donors to, to get more money for the mm -hmm. fund to, to then again, hopefully have another application process, another round where we can help more people. So, um, you know, if, if 200 people fill out our application, then that's wonderful. And maybe we'll be able to help the majority of those people. But if 2000 people fill out our application, and obviously we are not gonna be able to help all of them, but we're gonna be able to go to a bigger company and fill out and say, hey, we have 1800 nannies who are desperate for help and we cannot, we don't have anything else. What can you do for us? Um, that gives us, you know, a little something else. So I, I would say, yeah, that's so beautiful. That's a great answer. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. been the, it's been so humbling to, you know, dive deeper and deeper into this and realize how big the magnitude is. Um, because I remember the day before we announced the nanny relief fund, we were all like, Let's like let's try to get ten thousand dollars this weekend. Like wow, ten thousand dollars would be amazing. And then we did, and then we heard from all these people. And so now it's you know less than two weeks after that, and we're like, okay, well that was cute that we did that, but we need ten million dollars. Yeah. Who has ten million dollars? Yeah, that's where that vital that information is so vital. I know, I have a buddy Alan Shia who runs a couple restaurants, one in New Orleans and one in here in Denver, and he's doing a program to help food work, food service industry people who are out of work, and they got a huge endowment from um, Maker's Mark after they got the numbers of how many people in the restaurants were struggling, so yeah, I just think, to reiterate your point, if you're listening and you need any help, please vote out. I'm sure we've all seen on social media all of these ads from even big companies thanking certain essential employees who absolutely 100% deserve to be thanked. Um, you know, nurses and doctors and bus drivers and construction workers and um, food service workers and delivery drivers, all these people that we're all leaning on right now to keep our economy going. Mm -hmm. But you very rarely see nannies. Occasionally, they'll be like childcare workers, like essential childcare workers who are working in um, more institutionalized kind of childcare for these essential workers. But you just don't see nannies on the list. And therefore, there's not mm -hmm. a lot of help because it's, it's not known that nannies in most places are still considered essential workers and are still going into work if they can, if they've been allowed to work, if they haven't lost their job. And so I just think that all of these companies, these food companies, these beverage companies that are thinking it's really kind of sexy and timely to uh, help fund these, these other funds, I, I just hope that there's someone out there listening or that finds us that thinks it's really helpful and beautiful to help fund nannies because uh, as yeah. the saying goes, nannies help make all other work possible because mm -hmm. if we didn't go into work, yes. then our employers couldn't go into work. So yeah. there has to be someone out there who, you know, a big company or multiple big companies who think, you know, all these other lists of, of employment, of, of, of jobs have been helped and are being and are getting great recognition for. But but nannies and in-home child care providers, there's there's nothing out there. And now that, that we do have something out there, I hope it's funded just as well as as something that is for bartenders or Uber drivers or something like that. Yeah. We just need to find the maker's mark of the nanny industry. 
Well, I feel like everyone, now everyone knows what nannies and stay-at-home moms do all day, so I don't think it'll be very hard to convince people what an important role they play anymore. Yeah, I'm excited to do what we can too to help promote this and find more corporate sponsorship for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anything, anything that people can do, I think that a lot of people might listen to this and other things and think, oh, I don't, I don't have funds to give right now, but there's so many other ways to help. Um, and and yeah. mostly spreading the word, spreading the website, social media, but also making uh, introductions for us, uh, helping get us introduced to other people and other players uh, who do have money, uh, who do have access to larger donation pools. That's really helpful for us. Yeah. And, and I, I, I like to say like, Nannies are famous adjacent, wealthy adjacent, powerful <laughs> adjacent. We don't necessarily mm-hmm. uh, have those things ourselves, but we, ha- we have some kind of access to them. Most nannies are professional and choose not to use that access, but this is an emergency situation. So I would encourage anyone who can professionally gain access to the wealthy, powerful, famous for this particular purpose, I would encourage them to reach out and say, hey, there's this great fund for people like me. Uh, how can how can you help? How can your people help? Your circle help? Hey, Beyonce. Hey, Megan <laughs> yeah. and Harry. Yeah. Have I got news <laughs> for you? Yeah, we've we've seen quite a few donations from families who are making a donation in honor of their nanny. We've had donations from people who used to be nannies and now have other careers. We've had a lot of donations in New York be dedicated to um, some of the nannies who have already lost their lives there to COVID-19. Mm. That was a depressing thing to say. I don't know why. It's Friday afternoon. It's true. It's though. real. Yeah, <laughs> we're true. in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And nannies are working in this. Like nannies are, uh, like I said, we're, on, we're not always on the list of essential workers, but I'm still currently working. Like I said, um, still thank goodness I'm thankful every day, even at 6 a.m. I try to be thankful. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I realize like I'm, I'm exposing myself. I'm still having to go and fill up my car with gas. I have just about everything delivered that I possibly can have delivered. But just the nature of going into work every day, I'm going to have to make a stop or two on occasion mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. not only expose myself to, you know, the the family's home, which is happens to be um, in a large condominium building where there's staff and lots of their people and buttons and doors uh, that are communal. Uh, but, you know, we're, I'm putting myself in, in harm's way to do this, as are just about every other working nanny. There is an air of, mm-hmm. of difficulty and of risk involved. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's something to honor that the nannies who are still going to work are still putting themselves at risk so that other people can work. Yeah, 100%. I talked to a nanny last week who she had not worked for about six weeks and was scheduled to go back in and start working again on Monday. Um, And she just couldn't do it. Like, she had a panic attack and was so afraid of, you know, bringing home an infection from her job and infecting her partner or bringing an infection into the family's home and making them sick. And just the, she said she, she walked out to her car to drive there and she hadn't driven her car for six weeks and she just like couldn't even get into her car and she started crying because she was so afraid. Oh man. Yeah. That's the second story of a nanny panic attack I've heard recently. It's real. It's definitely putting yourself in danger. Every nanny that I know that is still working is having some kind of 
issue with sleep. I have not heard a single nanny that's like, I still sleep great every night. Um, I know that, that across the board, people are probably having difficulty with uh, mental health issues, whether that's something they've struggled mm-hmm. with in the past or not. But like literally every nanny that I know that is still working is not sleeping well, which if you are working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks in a more difficult working environment with children who are more stressed out, with parents at home that are more stressed out, and the nanny is not sleeping because just the climate of the world right now, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. just a, a, a ticking time bomb, I think. Like I would, I would love to see nannies ask for it and get um, you know, small, sh- shorter working hours if possible, if that works for everyone, potentially an extra day off every once in a while. You know, how great would it be that every other Friday, the nanny, that they just had an extra day off, mm-hmm. um, that they could potentially mm-hmm. get some extra sleep. You know, it, it won't it won't affect most families um, unless they happen to be like two physicians or something. But I would love to, for nannies to, to ask and for families to give um, just a little bit of leeway here. Yeah, definitely. We, we have a nanny who's still working and she's getting paid for her full-time hours, but she gets an extra day off every week, which has made me feel good that you said that. I was like, all right, good. I'm doing one thing right. <laughs> yeah, it's a really tough time. And I think throughout this whole thing, I've been trying to be the voice of the parent also. Obviously, I was a nanny most of my life, so I have that perspective as well. But it is a crazy, stressful time for everyone and the uncertainty of everybody's job in the future is pretty crushing and I love that you guys have started this because I know how invisible nannies are to most people and everybody's gonna names. suffer if like, we're, we're so yeah. invisible that we're not even on the list of people that are important um that is how yeah invisible we that's are. insane yeah that's a huge point too yeah it's crazy and no one can work without without nannies and nannies are the key to gender equality look at all these moms that are trying to keep their jobs while being the primary people who are caring for the children it's like oh nannies are so important so we will follow up with more after this too of hopefully we can yeah pull i'd love our to come back when together. we have- have dispersed some of these funds and can tell you some success stories or happy stories. And I'd love to come on when we get our first million dollar corporate donation. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just be, we'll be flying house to house, handing out giant checks to people. <laughs> yeah. Make sure every check is huge. That would make people feel really good. <laughs> Except then they'd have to go to a bank to cash them. So just kidding. <laughs> Awesome. Rachel, do you have any parting words for us or message of hope for the entire nanny community at large? No pressure to just like drop <laughs> on your way no, up. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think what I've been saying all along, even, you know, just sort of on the original social media posts and also uh, with Nanny Relief Fund is that we are the helpers, like emphasis on we. There's a Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers quote that says when there's a tragedy or a crisis in the world, you look around for the helpers. There's always going to be, you know, people in uniform, police officers, firefighters, whatever, who are helping in those situations. But in this particular situation, we are the helpers. Like like nannies, we do the work of helping, mm-hmm. uh, and we are the helpers now. So uh, we are the helpers. We take care of each other, and the nanny really fund is here to take care of nannies. Mm-hmm. I love that. Amen. 
I'm just going to reiterate before we sign off to that if you're working for somebody who you think might have connections or may, may themselves be able to help this fund, I know everybody who can help right now wants to help and there's a lot of different options for that. But in terms of even my myself, we have more resources than we need sometimes and I don't I don't think of things unless they're directly in front of me. So please don't be shy about bringing this issue, bringing the nanny relief fund directly in front of your employer or whoever it is you know that might help because it's going to affect so many people's lives and it's now is the time. <laughs> it is. There has never been a better time. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for taking time out of your day to come and chat with us. Well, of course. Thank you again so much for having me and for talking about Nanny Relief Fund. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, and for everyone else out there, feel free to check out nannyreliefund.org or follow it on Facebook and Instagram. And if you are interested in volunteering or need resources on how you can help, you can email info at nannyreliefund.org. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>